Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. So what kind of mood is she in today? I don't know. You go first. That ain't fair. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Oh, yes. As you can tell, we are going to be doing some training today. Uh, Join me as we do a wisdom skills training on maintain your stability. Yep. I'm going to see you on the flip. and I promise you it's going to be good. All right, so let's get into it. Today is a wisdom skills training, and I'm going to tell you now that this one is going to help you. It helps all of us, and we are going to be talking about how to maintain your stability. And when I talk about stability, I am talking about all of it, not just your mind, not just your body. I'm talking about all of it. And the reason why we need to have this little talk is because, honey, we are out here falling apart and don't even realize it. There are so many people off kilter. They are either moody or from year to year, you don't know what they're going to look like. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about weight and stuff. I am talking about people who are so far from their their point of practical um, ability to live that one year they our ball the next year, plastic surgery and all of it. So it's a mess. Yes, it is. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this because I kind of feel hypocritical because I'll be honest with you. I (laughs) have um, had to do some of the things that I'm going to talk to y'all about today uh, to maintain and to make sure that I am adhering to my contract. And yes, I'm going to talk about the contract, uh, whether I want to or not. And, um, as a therapist years ago, I made, I took this contract and I made it, you know, very serious. And I know I'm jumping ahead of my notes, but just bear with me because we're dealing with it now. And on that contract, there were certain things that I had personally agreed to to myself that I would always maintain or do what I needed to. And I had let that slip in the last few years, trying to be so focused, trying to be out here in these streets, making it and doing it. And when I finally got up the nerve to look because I knew it was going to be bad. I was like, oh my gosh, I am all the way off. And so I've been working to get back on that and just trying to, uh, not trying because there's no try, there's only do and doing what I must to get what I need. And so bringing that skills training to you to maintain your stability. Trust me, you do this on your own and the, the things around you will change. People will not try you as much. Um, <clears throat> 
the things that tend to drain you a lot, they won't bother you as much. And so this is a real practical priestess kind of day. So let me serve you. Let, let me let me let me be, you know, of service to you. Okay, so here we go. So the first thing I want to deal with with regards to maintaining your stability is to deal with those things that tend to knock us off of our way or our path. So picture with me, if you will, the axis, the north and south axes of the earth. And we, you know, the tilt, the slight little tilt that we've got going on. But in all of that, at this particular time, we have a North Star and we call it Polaris. And it's um, from the the Little Dipper. And if you think of it in the northern sky, it is the center point of a clock, of uh, other corresponding stars, and it's um, in that bear, big bear and little bear uh, constellation. Okay, don't at me, astrologers. Okay, I'm doing what I can with what I got. Okay, so it's it's that's the best way I can describe it, and it has been so powerful that sailors who did not have technology have used it to transverse our Earth. Um, greats like Harriet Tubman used it to be able to go and free slaves and get them out of the South into the North with nothing but a wheel and a, a powerful way, which was that North Star. And it has become a metaphor for, you know, getting back right, getting back to your purpose, getting back on point. And so this is going to be about how to not stay off of your axes because you're going to get knocked. Trust me, you're going to get knocked off from time to time, but it is up to you to be able to have the tools, the way and the power to uh, reset. And so that's what we're really going to be talking about. How to maintain your stability is all about resets, all about getting back to what works, getting back to home base, getting back to reset, to default function if you need. If it gets real bad, you can just scrap the whole thing and get back to the default setting. And so that helps you because there are going to be times when things are so intensely emotional. These emotional situations are no joke and they come out of nowhere with a lot of times without any kind of forewarning, pretense or otherwise. And so I am not going to tell you that you're not going to get knocked around. I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to miss the mark and get off of point. No, that is part of life. What I am going to tell you is that there is a way to find your way home. And it's your North Star. And you use that. And the thing is, your North Star is different than somebody else's. And that's where the issue comes. Because everybody wants to borrow everybody else's North Star. For some people, they have a wanderlust spirit. They can't sit still. They have to move. They have to be moving. They can't be tied down. To tie them down would be killing them. And so that wanderlust that continues to push them to not can't stay somewhere long, got to keep moving, that's their North Star. They are movers. And I choose to believe based on a lot of wanderlust um true, pure souls, I believe that it is important for them because they have a unique energy that wherever they tend to go, they tend to balance and reset the physical plane, the physical earth 
And when it has been balanced, then it's time to move. Now, that's just my opinion and my theory of uh, of that, but it is it, it comforts me and it kind of lines up for me to make a uh, understanding out of why Papa sometimes might be a rolling stone wherever he lays his hat is his home, you know? Because there are some people I'll be like, how do you do that? I cannot do that, you know? But that is something that has uh, always been amazing to me, that everyone's North Star is not the same. And to try to say that one size fits all is not true. You see, they had to change that to instead of one size fits all, oh, honey, they have to say one size fits most. And that's still a lie. So dealing with intense Highly emotional situations can and for a lot of people will knock you off of your axes. It will knock you off of your stability base. You will, excuse me, you will find that you get disoriented and it is a trigger that you have to be careful of because there are a lot of situations out here that we don't seem to have control over, and they are happening to a lot of people. And when you have external triggers happening to people who don't seem to have a control, there is no one around that can be their lifeguard, be their um, life preserver that can, you know, reel them in from the tumultuous seas, you know, and everybody seems to be in, you know, in your vicinity going through something. Everybody is trying to do what they can for them for their own. Everybody is trying to survive. Everybody's trying to find some solid and stable ground. It makes for a contagion that we are now experiencing. There are so many people who have um, real, I'm going to say it, real and imagined depression, anxiety, panic, and other situations. And I, as a person who has and continues to work in capacities of coaching, consulting, and helping people work through life skills issues, I do sense that there is training that needs to be done on how to get your stability back. And so that's another reason why we are doing this today. So let's keep going. So you have these intense emotional situations that pop up from time to time. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about what you first need to do. But one of the things that I will tell you is, and I've talked about this early on in this podcast, the need to have a manifesto. And you guys, I'm just going to be honest. When I went back and looked at my personal contract that I had and I looked at my manifesto, I was like, oh, it's time to change it. And you can do that because my manifesto now from when I wrote it, it looks like it's an ill-informed um, dream <laughs> uh, wish list of a child uh, based on where I am now and what I have gone through and, con- and, and now learned. And so it's time to update it because it no longer uh, feels realistically what would give me um, that sense of continued purpose. And so I was like, oh, okay, so I need to update 
my manifesto, my my memorial of what I want, why I'm wanting it, what I will do for it. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and check it out. Um, but it's important that you have something like that. And even if you don't have something written down, which I highly encourage you to do, have like some bullet points, you know, uh, have something that you can quickly access because don't rely on your memory when all hell is breaking loose because your memory will do, your memory will turn on you faster than a red coat. Do not depend on your memory to remind you of what you said you are going to do, who you be and what you want to have because it will get all discombobulated. All right. And so because of that, I'm going to tell you this, that when you deal with those highly emotional situations, you need to have something that you can turn to that is a quick reminder of who you are in the good times. And that document, manifesto, bullets on your phone, hit in your secret folder, password protected, whatever. You need to be able to have that done when you're in your right mind, mm-hmm. when things are going well, and when you are not tainted with desperation. Because a lot of people write uh, manifestos when they're desperate, and that's the worst time to do it because you write foolishness, you write stupid stuff, you write stuff that could sometimes harm other people because you're hurting. So don't do that. Okay. So the next, <clears throat> the next thing, and I'm sorry, you guys, <clears throat> sorry about that. But the next thing I want to say is unexpected situations that can trigger fear and possible pain of loss, those are some big whammies, big ones. And they don't have to necessarily be personal. There has been a phenomenon that people are not aware of, but those in the healthcare industry are very aware of. And that is that we truly are all part of a a network, whether you want to call it neural or otherwise, We are all part of a network. And now it has become apparent that when people of great notability uh, pass, uh, especially unexpectedly, that people who may have never met them fall into uh, real, not imagined, mourning and grief. And they, a lot of times, don't realize that that's what's happening, or if they do, they're ill-equipped to navigate through it because everybody around them is like, you didn't know that person? What is your problem? I will tell you, back when Michael Jackson died, the world stopped. You can disagree with me if you want, but the energetic emotions of a lot of people was affected, whether they thought they had been Michael Jackson fans or not. Because there was a shift in power. And that is the thing that people don't realize. To maintain your stability means that you have to be able to connect to that um, part of you that can increase or decrease your own personal power or electricity at will. And that takes, my dear friend, that takes practice. And I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound cliche-ish, but there is a reason why we have to learn how to meditate. And as my grandmother used to call it, collect our thoughts. Because to be able to meditate, uh, 
helps us to do these very things that I'm talking about with maintaining your stability, finding your North Star. In all of these situations that I'm going to be talking about, uh, if you are able to just even get a good one minute, yes, one minute of good, solid meditation, you're going to be amazed at how much stronger you become to be able to navigate, to get back on your axes, find your North Star, and stabilize. Um, when I think about uh, the stabilizations of, of things that we travel in, uh, like the cruises that I take, or when they have stabilizers on airplanes or stabilizers in cars. It amazes me how different people react to different um, amounts of instability or rocking, if you will. And I am blessed that I don't uh, experience motion sickness and or any of that kind of stuff. But what I will say is this, is that there are times when I believe I get sympathetic um, imaginings or sympathetic magic, if you will, when a lot of people around me are feeling ill. I think it's because I subconsciously start to try to seek it out and see if I can investigate it and feel it and experience it. But yes, I've had to learn too. don't take on other people's hysteria because hysteria can be shared, by the way. But when we're looking at um, situations where intense, uh, highly intense emotional situations appear, and we don't have the tools to um, right ourselves, it goes badly. And especially when there are unexpected situations that trigger fear and possible pain of loss. Now, let me just quickly talk about fear and possible pain of loss. And it's um, important to note if this is what you're experiencing, because this is going to help you to figure out if you are being duped by boredom or if you are really going through the big three of depression, anxiety, or panic. Okay? So, triggers of fear and possible pain of loss are huge um, in understanding the mechanisms, the defense mechanisms that are going to be mounted on your behalf by your body to try to get you to restabilize. And what your body does, and there um, uh, there's a great book called How Emotions Are Made by Dr. Lisa Barrett, and I'll, I'll list it in the show notes. Um, but it talks about how, depending on what we are doing uh, or what happens to us at any given time, our brains could be just guessing at how to react based on previous situations. And so for some people who go through traumatic things that they've never had experience with before, so you're usually living a life up to about 18 where things are quote unquote normal within a controllable bandwidth, and then 19 to 23 you're put in a situation where there is constant bombardment of having to be hypervigilant for the very safety of your life. And then you have to go back to the statement, to the situation where you were before. That causes you to continue to be hypervigilant. And now you are in a true off kilter axis of PTSD. And people don't realize that it is because you have been under constant threat of fear of dying and fear of pain due to loss. You see, 
panic and anxiety are direct correlating factors of warning of demise, of death, fear of death. Depression is, it can be in that as well. And I'm not, y'all, I'm not trying to cover all of the diagnostics of this. This is just, you know, to keep it light so that we can understand what's going on. And But with depression, depression a lot of times can be where you're using a lot of power and emo- emotional energy to suppress stuff that you don't want to deal with. A lot of times people have in my, you know, therapy community uh, from when I was practicing, they were arguing whether or not depression was directly a result of trying to ignore uh, unresolved anger. Whereas some people were like, no, it's a, a, an avoidance of possible pain of loss. And I was like, they, they all sound alike to me. And so that is another reason why I am talking about being able to recognize, have diagnostic skills to recognize have unexpected situations caused a trigger of fear and possible pain of loss because a trigger of fear, fear of death, anxiety, panic attacks, possible pain of loss, depression, and way more other stuff. And so, yes, I know I've told you meditate and keep a manifesto, but it's the little things that you would think don't have much efficacy that if you continue to do them over time, little becomes much when they start to collect and expand and grow exponentially. So do not, do not despise the little things that will help you. All right. Because it's better to have a mitigation system of lessening things over time than when you're in a full blown um, freak out or um, um, a nervous snap, a nervous breakdown. You don't want that, okay? So next thing is, is recognizing abusive relationships. Too many times we don't realize that we're in abusive relationships. There have been people that have just had the epiphany that they've been going willingly to work every day to be in an abusive relationship and been blaming themselves. I'm not good enough. I just don't understand it like they do. Well, maybe it's something wrong with me and it's all interdirected at you. So not only is the situation abusive, but then, and they're gaslighting you, you're gaslighting yourself. Now, I am not saying to go and quit that job before you have another one to replace it. But what I am saying is, is once you know better, you are encouraged to do better, removing yourself from the situation. Then the next one is, and I want to talk about this, this loss sensation, and that is losing focus on what to care about. This one right here is huge. That is because too many people have been cut become trained to wait on others to tell them what to care about and what to be interested in or uh, upset about. It is amazing how people are looking for talking heads, pundits, and people who have uh, various opinions to know how to feel because a lot of people have become numb. And yes, numb, numbness is part of depression. Mm -hmm. And so it removes the paradox of choice for you to have to process something lest you open up that can of worms of all the stuff that you are angry about or that uh, you are dreading or regretting. And so you're like, it's just easier to outsource the thinking of what to be upset about. And so that's how you can have somebody who hears a crazy, 
crazy conspiracy online and then they're ready to kill somebody over it. And when you ask them, consciously they're like, yeah, that's what I'm upset about. But subconsciously, all of that unrepressed rage, anger, fear, anxiety, panic, all of it, the cornucopia of it, the soup, is what's fueling the outward actions because they now have permission to be angry about something that other people are angry about and that they could possibly say, well, it's because of that, you know? And it's starting to be where demographically, you can see that people are doing this without even realizing that they have completely lost focus on what to care about. I'm going to say this, and it's very gross, but it's it's how I need to hopefully snap you out of the trance. Stop eating other people's vomit. Stop it. Give a care about what you care about. And if you don't care about what they care about, it's fine. Give yourself permission to be like, it's okay. If somebody, like, for instance, if somebody is uh, having an awards presentation and some people get in arms about it, there is a difference uh, that you don't have to pick up the bloodstained banner of theirs and wave the flag, but you can be sympathetic or if you want to be empathetic, that's fine. But if it is going to cause you to stay off of your axis, stay off of your stable ground, don't do it. And we've already talked about this other one of losing touch with your personal North Star, with your Polaris, getting knocked off of your axes. So I'm going to go on to the next one because I only have a few more minutes to to give you some uh, additional things on how to maintain. And that is, now this is big and I have been alluding to it. One of the things that I have found, especially recently, when I get an opportunity to talk with people who come and, you know, want me to help them get back on their game and, you know, get back into being able to be productive and caring and all of that, is that they have allowed boredom to trick and fool them into counterproductive behavior. And this behavior can range from anything from apathy and sloth all the way up to full-blown drug addictions and um, destructive mental issues. Yes, and it is all because of, excuse me, boredom. Who would think boredom could be so malicious? It can. Boredom is something that is like the boogeyman. We do what we can to stave it off, but if we don't recognize that that's what it is in the first place, it can cause us to do counterproductive behavior that causes our own demise. Uh, Think about how many people took highly addictive substances because they were bored or how many people um, uh, committed heinous crimes because they were bored. They talk about statistics. And when I say they, I'm talking about people who are... uh, granted the ability to study um, conditions over time, sociologists and the like. And they talk about how truly that old statement that um, boredom is the devil's were a playhouse. Well, it used to say an idle mind, but that's what it is, boredom. An idle mind is the devil's um, playground. It's true because when you uh, have boredom and you're not skilled with how to change your state at will, you fall into highly impressionable um, a, a, a state of being where you cannot seem to connect with logic because you're so busy trying to find an external factor to knock you out of boredom that you're willing to do just about anything. 
Okay. And so this is the thing um, that I want to say here. There was a study done, I think it was in 2016, where they studied a lot of college age students who were in school and a lot of them reported having depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. And when they went and did a diagnostic on them by qualified professionals, they found that as much as 82%, I think it was 82%, well, I know it was in the 80s, 80% plus, we'll just call it that, did not have anxiety, depression, or, or panic attacks. They had full-blown cases of unresolved boredom. I was like, how you like that? Boredom, people, boredom, all right? And so I'm not going to say that this works all the time because depending on how long you've been in a boredom state, you could have possibly triggered depression, anxiety, and panic. And I'm not trying to diagnose anyone. We don't disclaimer, medical disclaimer. We don't practice medicine here. We don't try to uh, predict or prescribe or diagnose. I'm just giving you some instances. And I will say not, but, and I will say that boredom is usually a state that can be changed like wakefulness and sleep. Yes, boredom is a state that can be changed. And so if you are able to do something healthful to change your state at will easily where it doesn't come back for a prolonged time, you might be dealing with boredom instead of depression. Because depression, you try to you try to treat it like boredom and depression will whoop your tail. It will make you sick. It will put you in bed. It will do some things to you. So boredom and depression are decidedly different, but they do have um, mimicking factors. Okay. So now let's talk about some of the things to help you start maintaining because this is about practicality. Like I mentioned before, I want to encourage you to do two things. If you can't do anything else from listening to this podcast, do two things for me. And those two things are, I want you to have a current power statement and a quick manifesto. Keep them on a notes tab in your your phone or whatever you have on your personage so that they will help you to navigate back to your North Star. And your power statement will have an I am statement in it. I am such and thus because such and thus, or I am such and thus to do such and thus. You want to start off with a state of being and then you want to transition into a state of doing. And then if you can, having. That's the best way to set up a one sentence power statement. You know, I am such and thus because I do such and thus and therefore I have such and thus. Okay. The next thing is, is with that manifesto statement, start out with three to five things that you are manifesting in your life for the good. They should not cause harm to others. And they should also, if you can, cause you to create a win-win situation for you and the world around you. And then if you can, include meditation. All right. Meditation of one minute minimum. If you can get up to 15 to 30 minutes, if you can. All right. And so as my time is quickly coming, I'm going to have to rush these two, but I want to say them. And that is to make a tangible contract with yourself to do a periodic uh, stability check and then develop an understanding on what it means to be stable for you personally. This includes your mind, body, social and environmental state, uh, state. And so I have got to close this down because guess what? My time is up. I thank you for y'all's. Thank you. But you can maintain your stability. Make sure that 
real fast. <laughs> you have your power statement, manifesto, you meditate, and then you have a personal contract to do a stability check-in um, periodically and develop an understanding of what it personally means for you to be mentally healthy, bodily, socially, and environmentally. This is Michelle, your practical priestess, and I got to tell you bye. See you tomorrow. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.